We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Make your way back if you're signing them in. Hey, if you want to join with us and pray, we'll be here on uh, Tuesdays, first Tuesday, to pray from, from uh, 7 to 8 here at the church. If you'd like to join in with, with that group, you're very welcome. We've been in our series called Good News People, and it's all about living in light of the good news. We had the very good news, now, now living as good news people, um, and we're going to c- continue that today. Who likes um, receiving invitations? Yeah? Some of you are yes and some of you are not sure. Just depends. <laughs> Come to my party. I like most of the invitations I receive, but some I'm not too excited about. Some Im- invitations, yeah, I want to I get there, and other ones leave you with a bit of a sense of obligation. Who knows what I'm saying? Do I have to go? Come on, where's the introverts in the group? No. With that in mind, I want to talk about the Word of God uh, as living our Christian lives as God's invitation. Um, And I want you to think about two words. You might want to write these down. Invitation or obligation. Think about those two words. I'd love to have an invitation to a corporate box for the grand final to watch the crows versus power all the food laid on you know who'd like that invitation yeah invitation to see your favorite band followed by your favorite movie that's a good invitation what about this invitation ladies your fourth tupperware party this month (laughs) but it's your best friend and they say there's going to be extra, extra party games as well. <laughs> Invitation or obligation? You've been invited to your great auntie, auntie's 92nd birthday in, in Broken Hill in the quilting club. <laughs> Bring your own fabric because we're, we're going to make quilts together. Invitation or obligation? Okay, ladies, you've, been, you've invited, you've won. A spa treatment at Indora Spa for a whole day. Oh, it's free. It's a platinum pack. Invitation? Yep. You've been invited by the principal to school because Johnny's been playing up. Invitation or obligation? You've been invited to attend court because you didn't pay your speeding fine. Or how about this one? Is this invitation or obligation? Out of the blue, you get a mail out from your dentist with a complimentary checkup. (laughs) You know what that is? That's a trap. (laughs) The same as you've been invited by your mechanic for a free brake checkup. You know what that's all about? It's going to cost you about $15,000 in repairs. Some invitations are met with joy and excitement and others are met with... Or do I have to? Some are, some are hard work, some are met with fear. And there are times when we get an invitation, which is, is a great opportunity, but we refuse to go. Now, some of you will know that my son Ben here, some of you know this, that when he was little, he would only eat milk arrowroot biscuits. You know those oval ones, the really bland ones? And uh, 
Everything else he refused. We tried on numerous occasions to give him a Tim Tam and he refused because what could taste better than a milk arrowroot biscuit, you see? I know, it's, uh, it's weird, I know. Um, his reason for refusal? Because he'd never tried them before. And what could be better than a milk arrowroot biscuit? One day under great sufferance he tried one. The peer pressure. And uh, he hasn't turned back ever since, no. He wouldn't also eat cake. Did you know that? Some of you know that. He wouldn't eat cake. It's not bread. But one day he, he ate some by mistake, some white cake, and he said, this bread's pretty good. I remember that day. Some invitations we refuse because we've never done it before. Today I want to view how, uh, look, talk about how we view God's word. How you see your gospel. Is it an invitation or an obligation? And Because uh, how you see the gospel will determine how you live it out. And uh, Christianity is an invitation to live life with God, not an obligation to follow rules or to try and please some power up there, to try and get some points on the board. And many th- you know, think they, they do their best to follow God, to try and be a Christian. I'm trying to be Christian do all the right things and and then get frustrated with yourself when you don't measure up or when someone else doesn't measure up, you get frustrated with them. You know, Jesus said, uh, John 10 verse 10, we got it in the message version, a thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. I came that you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than you've ever dreamed of. Christianity is an invitation. It's an invitation to follow Jesus and to receive his life flow, his love, his grace in our life, through us, for us, and through us for others. It's not an obligation to try and measure up, to try and be a good Christian. Who's ever tried to be a good Christian? I'm not going to do that again, ever again. And then five minutes later, anyone else? It's a struggle you can't win. You can work so hard at trying to be a Christian, trying to do this... You know, I need to be more like that person and uh, I need to pray more. And sometimes the more we try to deal with our issues, the more we get tangled up, the more discouraged we get. Being a Christian is an invitation to walk with Jesus, not an obligation to struggle to try and please him. I'm going to read a bit from Romans chapter 7. I haven't given you this scripture because I just want us to listen. This is Paul sort of talking about this. He says this in Romans 7 verse 15, he writes this, I really don't understand myself. Anyone relate already? For I want to do what is right, but instead I do what I hate. And I know that nothing good lives within me. That's my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I have discovered this principle in life. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power that is at war with me, a power that makes me a slave to sin. Oh, what a miserable person I am. That's when you go sort of Shakespeare at that point. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? He's got a problem. Sarah, book him in for counselling. But then he says this in verse 25, Thank God 
The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we go to the next chapter and we read this famous verse, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You know, Paul was trying to describe, um, describe the struggle he had within us, trying to be a good person. And I, I'm glad he put that because I can relate to that. If he's like the best of us, he wrote, you know, half the New Testament, most of the New Testament actually. The answer is in Jesus. Thank God the answer in Jesus. In Jesus, the condemnation is gone. We've talked about that recently. Today is about invitation. And we have an invitation to walk with God, to know him. And if you're struggling to be a Christian, guess what? Just elbow the person and tell them, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. If you're struggling to try and be a Christian. It's like, you know, it's like you don't struggle to try and be human. You are. Your dog doesn't try and struggle to be a dog. You're a Christian. That's who you are. That's your... That's what you're born into. That's your family. And we can spend life asking God to, to solve our problems, praying, looking for keys to overcome this thing and reading another book, another seminar, striving for something, when really God wants us to get to know him. I came to give you life and all its abundance. I came to give you eternal life. We read that. And you think, sometimes we think, what, what's that all about? Well, later on in the book of John, Jesus says this in John chapter 17, verse 3, and this is eternal life that you might know me and know God. It's about knowing God. Firstly, about knowing God, and then we get the life flow of God. Let, let's pray as we unpack this just a little bit. Lord, I pray that um, the sense of obligation will be lifted off people's shoulders if that's a way, and we'll see the great invitation you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder how you read your Bible. Do you read it from a sense of invitation or obligation? Um, invitation results in life and freedom. Obligation results in striving, doubt, worry, discouragement, even being judgmental. There's a couple of clues. And um, I want to read a couple of uh, verses and then look at them from the viewpoint of obligation and then look and Adam from the viewpoint of invitation. Before we do that, I want to show you a marketing picture based on obligation instead of invitation. We, can we put this picture up? There we are. Isn't that good? Prohibition times. Lips that touch liquor shall not touch ours. Who wants to give up liquor and who wants to go down the pub right now? <laughs> That's obligation, not invitation. Hey, you know the problem with obligation? You can pull her, her them down now. Obligation is very self-focused. It's all about what I must do, what I've got to do, to be right, to do right. Invitation is based on what Jesus has done. There's a difference. One is very actually self-centred. Obligation is quite self-centred. Invitation points to Jesus. I need to be this way. I need to act this way. I, you know, I can't do that. I can't do this. Um, 
I need to do this or else I'll feel guilty. I have to behave a certain way to be accepted. Where the invitation is about the love, grace of God. Trying to follow Jesus focused on what I have to do instead of, of what he's done. Our own means, our own efforts to gain approval. You know, the prodigal son messed up pretty badly and he decided to come home and to try and make it right and he said, well, I'll just grovel to my dad and uh, perhaps I'll get some mercy. And his father said, no, no, you're my son. Bring the robe, bring the shoes, let's have a party. His son was thinking obligation and he's thinking invitation. And um, let me read you a few verses based and see how you interpret them. Let your light shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify. Actually, no, we won't put them up just yet. Oh, it's up there, but it's not up there. You tricked me. Okay. Um, Let your light shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Who's heard that? Okay, obligation says, well, I have to shine or else people will be lost in the darkness and it'll all be my fault. You know, uh, I wasn't ready to speak to that lady. She died. She'd gone to hell. It's all my fault. Forgive me, Lord. I am a maggot in the dust. Slightly dramatic, but you get the point. Invitation says, I get to connect with God and he promises to fill me with his light and love and his presence. And I have the privilege of him shining through me. I'm an imperfect person, but he is wonderful. What a privilege. There's a scripture that talks about temptation in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. It says the temptations in your life are no different than what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more that you can stand. And when you're tempted, he'll make a way out. Anyone ever heard that scripture? Okay, obligation says I must overcome temptation. I must not sin. I must, I must honour God. I can't let God down. I must be a good Christian. Invitation says, sees it like this. God tells me that when I have Jesus in my life, he makes a way. He invites me. He promises to lead me. He overcame all things and now he lives in me. And I have the power through him to walk a victorious life. What about that scripture that says, okay, you are the branches. No, yeah, you are the, I'm the vine and you are the branches. John 15, verse 5. Those who remain in me will produce much fruit, but apart from me you can't do anything. Obligation says, well, I have to stay close to God or so I won't be fruitful. You know, if something goes wrong, if I do something wrong, I break fellowship with God and I no longer have that life flow. I must remain close. What if I think about the wrong thing? I'm cut off. That's obligation. Invitation says, God invites me into a deep, ongoing friendship and fellowship. He invites me to know him intimately. He invites me to be fruitful by being with him and living a life through him. Hey, you know, there's, there's one scripture that used to give me a sense of obligation. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, pray without ceasing. How are you going with that one? I should pray more. I want to pray more. I must pray more. Why aren't I praying more, God? Well, the invitation is, hey, you can talk to me about anything and everything. I want to be involved in every part of your life. Any time, day and night, you can speak to me. You can live life through me. That's an invitation. See, the, the lens of invitation starts by seeing what God has invited us into and 
I invitation becomes an obligation when we start with what I have to do, not what God has done. I'm sure a lot of you would have heard this scripture. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to us, forgive us and cleanse us. Okay, I've got to make sure I confess all my sins. I think I've been through them all. Um, I wonder if I've forgotten any. I don't think I've forgotten any. Oh, I'm so proud. There's another one I need to confess. That's an obligation. Invitation says, God invites me to be forgiven and be made completely clean. If I trust in him, I know I live forgiven. And he is faithful. And today I want us to realise that Jesus has given us an invitation to be filled with his grace and power, not an obligation to try and be a Christian. And I, I want to encourage you to read your Bible through the lens of invitation rather than obligation. And Jesus invites us to trust him so we can live out his life within us. He wants to empower us. He wants to change us. But we can't do it ourselves. It's really hard to change yourself when you've been the same way for 40 years. Look at these, I want to look at these couple of scriptures. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now all glory be to God who is able through what? Through his mighty power at work within me. His power at work within me to accomplish infinitely more than we would ask or even think. What's that based on? God's power within me. Not based on my willpower. Look at, look at this. I love this verse in 1 Peter 3, uh, 1, 2 Peter 1 verse 3. Write this down. It says, by, the, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Everything. We, how, do, how do we get this? We've received this by coming to what? To know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvellous glory and excellence. How do we live this life that God has for us? By knowing him. Um, I want to give you three simple keys just to take away. Living as good news people. And these are pretty simple. First one is this. Live with Jesus. Live with Jesus. Write that in your phone, whatever you've got. Trying to be a Christian is pretty hard until you realise it's Christ in you. He's in you. His spirit is in you. And he wants to live out his life through us. That's the Holy Spirit. Christianity is not a self-improvement program. It's not uh, 12 steps to becoming a better disciple. You know, I've done those courses and, you know, some of them are good. But it's not about that. Make it your goal. First goal is to get to know him. The same way you would get to know your friend. You know... Who's ever had, the, who's got that sort of friend when they ring you on the phone, you don't have to ask who they are. You can tell even before their voice goes, but you can tell by the tone of their voice. How come you know that? Because I speak to them all the time. Get to know him. You know, God's will isn't hard. It's, it's about getting to know a voice. Get to know him. And concentrate on your fellowship with God rather than fixing yourself. Or fixing someone else. It's easy to find problems in others, isn't it? 
the Bible calls us him the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, what he starts within us, he's going to finish. We're not meant to strive, we're meant to fellowship and cooperate. Make it your goal to live with him. Um, see him. Lord, just make it your prayer. Lord, I want to know you, I want to see you. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians. Can we put this up? Thanks, Jeremy. Chapter 3, verse 16, 17. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So when we turn to God, it's like, you know, the wedding veil. You can see things clearly. You got the idea? You see God in a new way. For the, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. For all of us who've had the veil removed... That's, in other words, we can see God. We reflect the glory of the Lord. You know what we do? You know what being a Christian is? Learning to be a good reflector. Not trying to be the image, but trying to reflect who he is. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. He makes us more like him. You, you can't really change yourself. I mean, you can try and do some things, a bit of self-improvement for sure. But as you see him, you're changed to be like him. That's how it works. Same as, you know, you, the people you hang around, you become like. You start dressing like them. Those who hang around their dogs, all of a sudden they look the same. Have you noticed that? Those pictures? So stop striving. Make it your goal to know him. And allow his spirit to change you. And sometimes you need to relax a bit. Write this down, Sarah. Take a chill pill. Bill. Phil. Take a chill pill. Make it your goal to live with him, fellowship with him. Don't focus on your own failings and strivings. Um, this is his invitation. Live with Jesus. The... the I'll give you another point. Live for Jesus. Live with Jesus, live for Jesus. Now, there's a, there's a term in the Bible which sort of, whenever you read it, you think, oh, what's all that about? Dying to self. Anyone ever read that? Oh, that sounds sinister. Dying to self. I think it means making Jesus your first priority. That's what, to me, that's what it means. Um, I live, I make plans, yeah, do, do some good planning, but he's my first priority. So when you hear his voice, you follow him. I know when he's speaking to us, uh, me, and I'm sure you do too, it's that inner voice, just agreeing with him and obeying him, even if you've got to change direction. To me, that's what dying to self is all about. And I don't think it's meant to be that hard. I love a verse in uh, Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy, heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you. You know, that's, you know, the cattle used to have yoke on them. In other words, walk with me. It's talking about walking with Jesus. Take my yoke. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. If your burden is too heavy, you need to check where it's come from. 
It doesn't sound like a struggle, that. If your Christianity is a burden and a struggle, you might need to reassess if you're living by invitation or obligation. Now, obviously, there's places you live in the world, like where persecuted questions are, where they're doing it tough. But I've met a few of those guys, and they seem to have a joy about them, even though they got these huge struggles. They seem to have a, a sense of invitation, not obligation, and thanksgiving. It's really freeing to live for him. You know what we often do? We live for others. Or we live for ourselves, Or we live for our family. My family is my first priority. Sounds noble. Until you've been led by all sorts of different things. Some people live for their career. Some people live to make money. Hey, let's live for him. Let him be our leader. Whatever you do, do it to please him. Um, Serve the Lord wholeheartedly, it says in Ephesians, as if you were serving the Lord, not men. It's a freeing way to live, to try and please the Lord, rather than juggle all these other things. Trying to please Sarah, then trying to please someone else. That sounds exhausting. And we do our best, but if you make your one priority to try and please the Lord, those things seem to fall into right priority and they juggle at different spaces at different times when we try and please every tom dick and harry it's a bit of a struggle your burden won't be light when you when you're like that you know i I remember i got a revelation once or a little a light bulb moment and um and i hope it is for you every decision make you make um Ask yourself, who do I want to be before God? What sort of person do I want to be before my Lord? Um, so if I want to be a person of integrity, well, I'll get to work on time. <laughs> um, not because, even when my boss is away, because I'm not doing it before him, I'm doing it before God. Um, forgiveness. I'm going to forgive because I know that's who I want to be before God. Now, I won't pick on anyone. That's, that's despite whether Leslie has told me she's sorry or not. I'm going to forgive her because that's who I want to be before God. It's, it's a very freeing principle. I give. You know I give. I give in the offering and, um, because I think Jesus was a giver. And, you know, I've even given to places because I felt to give and they used it differently than I thought they would. But I, that's not why I gave. I gave because I wanted to be a giver before God. Live with Jesus and live for Jesus. Make him the number one priority. And that brings you to key number three, which isn't actually a new one. It's what happens when you do key one and key two. And it's you become like Jesus. This is what happens when we respond to the invitation to live with him, to live for him, you automatically grow to be like him. Live with him's fellowship. Live for him is, a, is connected to a word called lordship. Anyone heard that? It's who's the boss of my life. Fellowship and lordship. And we become like him. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects his, our faith. The way to take striving out of your Christian faith is to simply 
live with him, talk with him. When you're in your car driving, have a chat. Um, live with him, get to know him, find out who he is in the word, talk to him, live for him. Don't live for yourself or live for others. Don't live to accumulate possessions, live for him. And then you'll grow to be like him. There's an invitation this morning, an invitation to live life with God, not an obligation to live up to a certain standard. He came to give us life, not a burden. All right, let's pray. Uh, perhaps we'll get them. Have we got them here? Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that there's an invitation for each one of us here to live life with you. And we all have times where we just put all sorts of pressure on ourselves. Let us understand the difference of where perhaps you're challenging us to do something or where we're just putting it on ourselves because we think we don't measure up because I know where you call us to do something which is a little bit different you actually empower us to do it you give us your spirit you give us your guidance you give us everything we need to get there but when we just live under a sense of obligation it's just a weight on our shoulders and it, Lord, by the power of Jesus, I pray, you know, that burdens will be lifted off people's back and it will be like they've just put down a knapsack full of rocks. I pray for a sense of freedom, a sense of liberty, a sense of lightness. Like that scripture, that, that, those words of Jesus, my burden is light. I pray we'll be a people who live like that, reflecting the love and the grace of Jesus. When people meet us, they'll have a, it'll be like an invitation to hey, come and know who I know. It's awesome that we will make you attractive in that sort of a way. Lord, we don't want to shirk our responsibilities or when we should stand up or make a stand or do that sort of thing, but we want to live with your grace and your power. And, uh, you know, if you've been carrying a burden, you just say, Lord, I take it off. I receive your grace. You might need to say, oh, uh, Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. I receive that. You might want to say, Lord, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit because I need your power. I've been trying to do this all by myself. You might need to say, Lord, you know, I've been, I just need to recommit my world to you, recommit my life to you. And I pray that, you know, because that invitation is here this, this morning, the invitation to commit your life, your world to him. When we respond to that invitation, we go on an incredible journey of following him, filled with the life of God, filled with the spirit of God. A life that's forgiven, free, a life that's cleansed, that's where we're right in God's presence. Lord, and I pray, pray people receive that today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Isn't what a beautiful name? Is that what you say?